deeply honored to be here with all of you today, and I appreciate your presence and the presence of your community within and surrounding our community. Again, my name is Nathan Dannison, and I'm one of the pastors at the uh, First Congregational Church downtown. I was asked to offer a reading from our tradition, and I'll be reading from Paul's letter to the Philippians. The letters of St. Paul are very important to us uh, in our practice. The composition of the letters predates the writing of the Gospels. And so as we read these letters, it carries us nearer and nearer to the roots of our tradition. Here he is writing to the church in Philippi, encouraging them to remain steadfast. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. I urge Euodia and I urge Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you also, my loyal companions, help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the Gospels, together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloveds, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think on these things. Keep doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the peace of God will be with you. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned for me but had no opportunity to show it. Not that I am referring to being in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty and being in need. For now I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Thank you. I wanted to uh, say a few words about the uh, song that the choir is, is singing. Uh, Ubi Caritas is ancient Latin text. It's an ancient Christian chant that I've done in many formats. This is a modern version of it. And interestingly, I was introduced to it and have primarily sung it at UU events in Ann Arbor, uh, led by Glenn Thomas Rideout. And then again last year at uh, General Assembly, also led by Glenn Thomas Rideout. 
I wanted to read you the translation of the Ubicaritas so that you can be thinking about these words of love and unity. Where charity and love are, God is there. The love of Christ has gathered us together. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us revere and love the living God. And from a sincere heart, let us love one another. Amen.
Well, brothers and sisters, happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. We always try to keep something front and center in our fellowship's life together. Our Sundays are always cause for celebration. In my tradition, every Sunday is a little Easter. It's a time for joy and thanksgiving and a time for gathering with kinfolk and sharing food and laughter. And it's also time to reconnect with each other. I hope that you find an opportunity to cultivate joy on this day, regardless of how much water is in your basement coming through your roof, regardless of what you're facing. I hope you find joy. I'm deeply grateful to your pastor, the Reverend Rachel Longberg, for bringing the word to my kith and kin at the First Congregational Church. I hope to do my best at returning the favor. Our church owes yours a deep debt of gratitude. We keep it forefront in our institutional memory. On December 25th, 1925, our church was destroyed by fire. Before the flames were extinguished, your trustees, with the guidance of your pastor, uh, Reverend McCarthy, offered us your own sanctuary as a place of worship while we rebuilt. So in case no one else has said it in the intervening century, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> if you are willing, friends, let us pray. Almighty Creator, may the words of my lips and the meditations of all of our hearts and minds be pleasing and acceptable unto Thee, our guide and our destination. Amen. My father was a military man, a decorated veteran, and a strong-willed attorney later in life. He could be gentle, but most of my memories of him are of his ruthless exactitude in instructing his youngest son. I often wonder, um, I think as boys do of their deceased fathers, uh, about the ways in which I was a disappointment to him, or whether his heart was bursting with pride. I was too young when he passed away. I was 22 years old. Um, we hadn't had enough time to know each other as adults. I would have very much liked to have his counsel in my life. Then, despite my misgivings uh, about the real nature of our relationship, his surviving admirers assure me that he is a great light within the witness of the saints and that he is indeed proud of his children. But regardless of this, I know he was, I know that for certain he was sorely disappointed in my athletic abilities. <laughs> oh, he, had three, he had three sons and a daughter. His second son, my brother Ross, passed away in childhood. My eldest brother, uh, Charles, while a marvelous guy, was a theater major. <laughs> Not going to be winning any Super Bowl rings. <laughs> my dad went to all of his plays. But I know that he wanted me to be an athlete, or at least a reasonable facsimile of one. So when I was a kid, you ran me rang. And in high school, I just I wanted to write poetry and read books with spaceships on the cover. He told me that I could do anything I wanted to as long as, as, long as I played one sport. One sport every semester. I think he hung his hope on the outside chance that I just hadn't found my sport yet. That was a secret prodigy, some sport, something we hadn't found. So every semester, I played a different sport. 
tennis, hockey, track and field, soccer, downhill skiing. I even joined the weightlifting club. And in every single sport, every single semester, I ranked dead last. <laughs> I'm just about the least athletically coordinated person either of us has ever met. Now, I did other things well. To be truthful, so thoroughly failing in front of my peer group gave me this kind of bulletproof moxie about trying new things. In the words of my brash junior year tennis coach, in every competitive sport known to man, someone has to come in last place. <laughs> Nobody does it better than me. <laughs> I decided, into my adulthood, I decided that the sport for me, the sport that I would finally settle on, the one I would hang in there with, regardless of how often or publicly or thoroughly I failed, would be frisbee golf. <laughs> An obscure sport, I know, but it's one where I can take long walks in the woods and throw frisbees at trees. I can quit halfway through, go home and take a nap, come back later. This is the sort of sport where you can play it and drink beer at the same time. Bowlers are familiar with this art. And I've gotten moderately proficient at it. But I had to hold fast. The master, as they say, has failed more times than the beginner has even tried. My journey of faith, my relationship with this strange shoreside rabbi has been very, very similar. I don't have a knack for religious practice. And we call it a practice, says Karen Armstrong, because it takes practice. Can you recall the first time you heard a pipe organ? I remember. I was a little boy. What is that strange, terrifying noise? <laughs> thought it was a colossal harmonica. Well, once you've heard it played well, roughly a thousand times, you will love the sound of nothing else in the world quite so much. Or, if you're a poet, or what's even more rare these days, someone who enjoys reading poetry, do you remember cultivating that skill? The love of good poetry. It takes so much practice. Relationships. Good Lord, marriage. Marriage takes so much practice before you get good at it. Some folks never do. A dear friend once confided in me that marriage is the highest form of Zen. My faith is my practice. My relationship with Jesus Christ and his odd countercultural teachings is my practice. My faith is sort of like Frisbee golf. You won't amass a great deal of wealth by becoming really good at Christianity. I might advance the idea that if you do amass a great deal of wealth by being a Christian, you might not be very good at it. <laughs> the rewards of the faith practice are not measured by worldly metrics of acclaim or celebrity or security, any of the things that we might lust after. In my own setting, we call these things idolatries. No, I came to follow Jesus, and in my own way, make Jesus my Torah, 
and invest in him and his mission and his way all of my life. I could have followed any path, and I wandered on many paths. I compare my journey to being someone out in a huge pasture with dozens of other people, and we're all of us engaged in digging a well. Some of us are. A few of us are just content to lay on our backs and watch the clouds, which is fine. But the rest of us are digging wells. We're seekers. We thirst. We're searching for the water of life. And over here, this person's well is called Buddhism. And over here, the well is called Islam and Shinto and the way of Judaism and Unitarian Universalism. But all of us digging, digging, digging. The wells are scattered. But the thing we're searching for is the same. Some of us give up after a few feet of dirt. We hit a rock or a gnarled root. So we jump over to another spot in the field. Start digging there. Some of us are so adept at digging, we find what we're looking for with a few short hours of work. When I look at my own poor efforts, it's like I'm digging with a spoon. <laughs> I'm, I'll never get there if I wander around. It is most certainly going to take me the rest of my life to find the sweet water of the, at the bottom of this well that I call Christianity. Now don't get confused about this. The water is all the same. It pours out of the same reservoir where it has laid untasted since the birth of the cosmos. But I've got a spoon, so I've got a lot of work to do. I long for the faith of Paul, St. Paul. He's sown this little church that we just heard about in Europe, in Philippi. It was the first church ever established in Europe. And ten years has passed since he's been there. And who knows what a little church can get up to in ten years. They've probably been thinking hard about changing sports, about moving the location of where they're digging their well. They're probably tired of working at the way of Jesus Christ, while all around them the world glorifies something else. Hold fast, Paul says. Hold fast, hold fast. I know that the world is not with you, and I know that you want to wander, but hold fast to this way. Rejoice, he says as though he's blind to the terror that threatens to swallow this tiny church. Rejoice, he says, always, always, and first rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone, which is, in any case, a bizarre strategy. Haven't you seen the world, Paul? The world does not reward gentleness. It rewards strength, power, cleverness. We're not going to get elected prom king by making our gentleness known to everyone. But he says, no, let your gentleness be known to everyone. And do not worry, he says. Do not worry about anything. Cleave to the truth, honorable behavior, justice. Keep doing the things that you've heard from me, the things that were taught to us by this wild prophet of God. Keep doing these impossible practices. Hold fast, hold fast, and practice your faith. Dig deeper, dig deeper. And in the last, you can do all things through him who strengthens you. This non-intuitive, counter-cultural practices will give you strength. In the final estimation, I think that my father simply wanted me to know how to do something well. I'm 34 years old, and I'm competent at Frisbee golf. 
I am every day practicing fatherhood. And I think, I think I'm learning how to be married. Someday, someday, I believe I will have mastered the practice of the way of Jesus Christ. Some distant day. And the only hope I wish to taste is the water of life that flows from the heart of the universe. So keep digging. Whether yours is a steam shovel or a teaspoon. Whether you have great faith or none at all. Whether the world rewards our work or is as more likely ignores us. Or whether it gnashes its teeth and roars at us like a furious beast. Keep digging. Keep digging. We are getting there, each of us. Do not give up. Hold fast. Amen.